Would you go to Luke 12, please, this morning? Luke 12. We have been meditating and ministering for the last number of weeks on the subject of the kingdom of God. And Luke 12 is our master text that says, 29, Luke 12, 29, Seek not what you shall eat or what you shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. That's back to trusting in God and got your eyes on Him. That's why I lead you into confession all the time over your offering. You know, God's our source. We never lack, right? We never want. Say it out loud, I'll never want for clothes. I'll never want for good food to eat. A good place to stay. I'll never want for money. I'll never want for health or strength or brightness of mind. The Lord is my good shepherd. I shall not want. Hallelujah. And he said, don't spend all your time thinking about these things and do not take any anxious thought. Do not fret or worry about it. Did he say try not to? No. Then what if somebody said, brother, I'm trying not to, but you know, the world is just so tough. That don't cut it. The Lord said don't do it. What does that mean? When people say I'm trying, that's a lie. Well, brother Keith, I'm trying not to worry. Then the Lord should look at you and say, you know, I know you're trying, but I know some things are just so big, you can't help it. And I should have put that in there and made an exception. But <laughs> when the Bible says, be careful for nothing, can you? He must have known whether you could or not. Right? Cast all your care on him. Can you? Right. Take no thought for the morrow. Can you? That's not everybody, but the answer is yes. Yes, you can. Yes, you should. He didn't say try. He said do it. Don't seek after all these things. Verse 31, but do what? But rather seek ye the kingdom of God. And all these things, all what things? What you need to eat and wear and place to live and we call it making a living. Right? Now how many know that so much of good Christian people, most of what they see, most of the time, I mean they're at church and they praise God on Sunday, but Monday through Friday and Saturday, Most of what they're focusing on is making a living. Right? And people look at you and go, well, preacher, you got to make a living. I mean, you got to. I know it takes up most all your time and thought and energy, but you got to. Wrong. Wrong. And it's not going to cut it for me and you to stand before the judgment seat of Christ. And didn't do what he called us to do. And didn't do what he made us to do. And we said, Lord, you know, I was so busy making a living. I didn't have time for that kingdom stuff. (laughs) That ain't going to cut it. Right? No, no, see, here's the thing. The more you focus on God's kingdom and developing and advancing his kingdom, you'll find that you're living will come to you. Instead of you running after it, it'll find you. A few people believe that. And a lot of people don't. But it's true. Somebody said, well, you're a preacher. You don't know. You don't have to work for a living. I had a fellow tell me that one time. He said, well, you know, you mean you don't work? Well, no, we, you know, it works exactly the same for me and you. There was a time in Phyllis in my life, we had to decide. You mean we're going to give all of our time to the things of God 
And I'm not going to get this regular check every week. How are we going to make it? Where's it going to come from? See, we there is no huge organization underwriting this church. We got no guarantees what's going to be in the offering. Are you with me? We started with no congregation. Zero. It's exactly the same preacher, not a preacher, living by faith. I didn't say quit your job and go sit on the couch and pray all day. What should you do? You should do what the Lord directs you to do. But you don't have to wait till later on. It can change in your heart right now where you say making a living is not my number one priority. Doing the will of God. Seeking the kingdom of God. That's my priority. Lord show me what to do and I'll do it. Right? And when he shows you, he'll show you things to do and it'll take faith to do it because you won't know how you can do it and you won't know where it's going to come from. But when you do and you're really seeking the kingdom of God according to what he told you to do, what's going to happen? All these things you'll do with that because you ain't working. No, you are working in the kingdom and they will what? Now, did you hear the language? They what? They will be, they shall be. Well, who's going to add them to you? God. He's going to bring them to you. Oh, it's a different way of living. I said it's a different way of living. It's living by faith. (laughs) It's hard on your flesh. I remember Phyllis and I, when we first stepped out. To go to Bible school and go into the ministry. Man. I remember we got to. Uh, we went to Raymond. We got to Tulsa. And we'd never been out of town. I mean we had a little old country town. And Tulsa seemed like a huge giant city to us. And couldn't find a place to live. We barely had enough money to get there. And had a little bit for our uh, registration. That's what we had. And uh, couldn't find a place to live. And we're spending our money on motel rooms. And we're thinking, man, we can't hardly make it to get registered. How are we going to make it the rest of the year, you know? But you come back to this. Did the Lord tell you to come or not? Well, then this wasn't your idea. It's his idea. Right? Right? And if it's his idea, why are you here? See? Well, we were there to seek his kingdom. To do his business. And I'm telling you, the money came for the registration and the tuition and the next and the next and the next, and the next year, I thought we're going one year and go home. Twenty years later, we were still there. And more blessed than we'd ever been in our life. Oh, glory to God. Thanks be unto God. Well, there's a lot of stories there, but... Uh, seek what? Seek ye the kingdom of God. Matthew says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And what? All these things shall be added to you. Fear not, little flock. It is your father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Praise God. Now, verse 33, he talks about sowing. Is sowing a part of the kingdom? He said, sell what you have, give alms. Would that be sowing? Provide yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that fails not, where no thief approaches, neither moth corrupts. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. Now for the past two Sundays, we've been on the subject of the kingdom principle. We want to continue on that this morning. Does anybody know what the kingdom principle is? We went to Matthew 13. We went to Mark 4. And Jesus said, so is the kingdom of God as if a man cast a seed into the ground. 
And that whole 13th chapter of Matthew, he talked about sowing and he talked about as a grain of mustard seed. And he said, if you don't understand this principle, how will you understand the kingdom? It is the granddaddy principle, if you will, the master principle in the kingdom. Everybody say sowing and reaping. The kingdom principle. Now, when you think about sowing and reaping, though, so many times people think about money and they think about offerings. And that is but a small part of the whole. Every thought is a seed. Every word is a seed. Every action is a seed. Right? And then everything you give, not just money, not just stuff. But friendship, time, loyalty, right? Just sitting with somebody and putting your faith on something, endeavoring to believe with them for the answer. That's a seed. You're sowing your time and your life and your faith. The most precious seeds you can't put your hand on. They're not material. But the entire kingdom operates on this principle. Everything you're living in right now, good or bad, is the harvest from seed sown previously in your past. And how will we affect our future? Our sowing today is setting us up for good or bad, for tomorrow, is that right? And the wise man, the wise woman is going to sow good seed. And plenty of it into good ground. And that's going to set you up for a good multiplied harvest tomorrow. Uh, turn with me if you would now to among other places. Let's go to the book of Galatians. God is the greatest giver. Would you agree? He is the greatest giver of all givers. We are giver children of a giver God. Right? Before we read this, let me just read you a couple, just remind you, don't try to turn to all these, but just remind you of some things God said that He gives to us. How many remember John 3.16? For God so loved the world that He what? That He gave His only begotten Son that whoever would believe in him wouldn't perish, but would have eternal life, everlasting life. The Lord said to me a number of years ago, he said, the chief manifestation or expression of love is giving. Now, when I heard that, I'm thinking, that's a big statement. The greatest expression of love is giving. Instead of not just saying one of the expressions, no, the, the biggest the greatest, the main expression of love is giving. And while I was pondering it, the Lord brought that verse to my mind, my remembrance. For God so loved the world that he did what? Didn't say, you know, telling people you love them is great, but it's not the greatest expression of love. Do you know that? Telling people you have feelings. Oh, I just love you. I just have feelings for you. The Bible didn't say, for God so loved the world. That he yelled from heaven, I love you. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. For God so loved the world that he said, I just feel for you. No. What? What's the greatest expression of love? Well, what about today? What about us loving God? What's the biggest expression of us loving God? Now, don't just let your mind go to money. That's only a part of it, a small part of it, right? But just giving all things. What's the greatest expression of love to somebody else? When you love people, you want to give them something. You want to give them something good. You want to bless them, right? Now, you'll hear this, you know, in the world. People say, I love you. I need you. That is not the love of God. And it's not them really loving you. Did you hear this now? Examine. When somebody says, I love you. 
I need you. I can't live without you. I have to have you in my life. I need you. What are they saying? Is this love for you? No. They love what you do for them. They love how you make them feel. It's not about you. They want something from you. They want you to keep making them feel this way and keep doing this for them. And if you stop doing that, then they no longer love you. And I don't know what happened, but it just died. And the thrill is gone. And you know, you can't help who you fall in love with and who you fall out of love with. Oh, You never knew what love was. You almost wish you could ban people from using the word. Because they don't know what they're saying. No. God so loved us. That even while we were his enemies. We were not giving him warm and fuzzy feelings. Right. We were not doing anything nice for him. But even then. He loved us and what? gave and gave the greatest he had the Lord the master right and he loved us and gave himself and then having arisen and sat down at the right hand of majesty on high the father and son gave us the best the Holy Spirit can you say amen Amen. never question the love of God never never say God don't you love me it's insulting It's insulting. Why would he hang on the cross? Why did he take your sicknesses? Right? Why did he go through all that? Why did God give Jesus? Why did Jesus give himself? Why did the Father give us the Holy Spirit? Why does he ever live to make intercession for us? No, no, no. Don't let your mind go there. How many are convinced God loves me? He's proven it. He proves it every millisecond. Right? How many are with me now? God's got nothing to prove to me that he loves me. He has already conclusively proven to me that he loves me. I do not question his love. He might have reason to question my love, but I got no reason to question his. And I need to be about the business of demonstrating that he can count on me. Right? And proving that I love him. How did he prove that he loves us? He gave to us. How do we prove we love him? We give to him. How do we prove we love each other? We give to each other. Now he went on to say. Matthew eleven twenty eight. Don't turn there. Just listen. Come to me all ye that labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. Matthew sixteen nineteen. I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Matthew twenty twenty eight said the Son of Man came to give his life a ransom for many. Matthew seven says, If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Father, which is in heaven, give good things to them that ask Him? Is He a giver? We just got through reading, it's your Father's good pleasure to give you the whole kingdom. Is He a giver? Why? Because He's love. I mean, he said, come unto me and I'll give you living water. He's given us the comforter. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And he ever lives to give to us. Doesn't he? Take another breath. Did your heart beat? Who gave you that? Sun still shining? Earth still turning? Who gave us that? He didn't just get us started. He sustains us. Every millisecond. And he keeps on giving. And just keeps on giving. And keeps on giving. He's such a giver. The Bible says, you know, he sends his rain on the just and the unjust. And some people have totally misinterpreted that. They act like that's some kind of a judgment. No, the rain in that passage is blessing. So your crop will grow. 
And the rain falls on people that's means crops. And the sun shines on people that act ugly. Right? You know why? God's such a giver. If he was like some people, he'd say, I don't want my sun shining on them. I'm going to make it dark over there all the time. No, I don't want any cool, refreshing breeze on them. No, God's such a giver that he just gives. And all kind of folk who don't deserve the blessing, who act unworthy of it, still get to enjoy all kind of good things. And he said, we are to be like him. He said, so be perfect as your father which is in heaven is perfect. He makes his sun shine and he sends the rain and the blessing on the just and the unjust. The Lord will lead you to do some things for people sometime and they definitely don't deserve it. And they, some of them are not even believing for it. They're not acting right. And the Lord will just do it. Why? Because the goodness of God leads people to turn around and repent. Can you say amen? amen. And love gives. Have you found Galatians 5? Galatians 5. I got some revelation from this the last couple of weeks. I'm excited about it. Believe with me to get it out this morning. All that we should. Galatians 5. Now we're still talking about the kingdom principle. What is it? Sowing and reaping. And giving is a form of sowing. He said... uh, Galatians 5 and verse 1, stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free, be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Skip down to verse 6, in Jesus Christ neither circumcision avails anything or uncircumcision, but faith which works by love. Faith works how? By love. Verse 12, brethren, you've been called to liberty. Only use not your liberty for an occasion to the flesh, but by love serve one another. All the laws fulfilled in one word, even in this, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour one another, take heed that you be not consumed one of another. This I say, walk in the Spirit, and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Verse 18, if you be led of the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are manifest. Now let me get into this some. The nature of the flesh is selfishness. Your flesh. My flesh. All you got to do to be selfish And just wake up in the morning and yield to how you feel. It's with you all the time. You have to make a conscious decision. The nature of the reborn spirit is not selfishness. The love of God has been shed abroad in our hearts. Right? Not in your head. Not in your emotions. Not in your physical feelings. Not in your flesh. But where? In your heart, in the core of your being, the part of you that's been born again, the love of God is there. And he begins to describe this. So you got these two things going on. You got selfishness pulling you on the outside, and you got love constraining you on the inside. Has anybody ever noticed this? And so every day when you get up, And all through the day, you make decisions. You'll be pulled to be selfish. You'll be prompted to love from the inside, pulled to be selfish from the outside. And it's up to you which one you yield to. Right? Am I going to be selfish? Am I going to be a taker? Am I going to see what I can get out of this situation? Am I going to demand what I want and my rights and my way? Or... Am I a giver? Am I going to give? Some situations give in. Some situations let other folk have it instead of me. 
Right? And not just, well, I lost it. No, sow it. Sow it. There's some situations, maybe you could fight over it and maybe get it back. Maybe physically or legally, you could take it back, but it'd be wrong. You'd mar your witness. You'd destroy relationships. You'd displease God. You'd sin. Well, it's just gone. No, sow it. So if I fought hard, I could probably get this thing back. And it's mine, but I'm not going to do either one. I'm going to sow it as a seed. Here you go. Enjoy. Be happy. Right? Love gives. Selfishness takes. Demands. Keep thinking about this. Let's keep reading. The works of the flesh are manifest. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft. You know, witchcraft is a work of the flesh. Hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envyings, murders, drunkenness, revelings. Now, is any of that in love? Hmm? I'm getting drunk in love. I'm getting high because I love God with all my heart. And I love my neighbor. Uh-uh. I'm committing fornication and adultery out of love. No, you're not. Do you see what I'm saying? You can't do any of this in love. None of this is giving. Is it? All of this is about satisfying a desire of my flesh. I want something. I need something. I got to have something. I'm going to get something. And your flesh is like that every day if you listen to it. You can't trust your flesh any further than you can throw it. I don't know if you know what I mean by that or not. I don't care how long you've walked with God. I don't care how much scripture you know. I don't care. Your flesh will do stupid stuff if you let it. Right? Your, I'm not talking about somebody else. Your flesh will be a fornicator, an adulterer, a drug addict, a drunk. Your flesh, if you let it. And so many times people think certain things, oh, well, I'd never do that. When you start down that road, it just gets worse and worse. What used to satisfy you doesn't anymore. So you have to do more and more and get more perverse and more perverse. So what's the solution? Just don't start yielding to begin with, right? Just No, walk in the Spirit, which is what Spirit we're talking about, the Spirit of God. God is love. Walking in the Spirit is walking in love. Walking in love is being a giver instead of a taker. I don't live to satisfy my flesh. I live to give. I live to be a blessing. Now, don't put your halo on when you say that. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Don't get religious and go, well, yes, if I... I'm an angel, I know. I just live to get. You're a hypocrite. Full of pride. No, no. This is not some, something to, again, to draw attention to you so that people ooh and ah over what a fine saint you are. No, it's your nature. It's not something you do so people will see you. You do it when nobody sees you. You do it all the time. It's just who you are. It's what you are. You are a giver child of a giver God. You get your pleasure in giving. In one part of the New Testament it says certain individuals were addicted to the ministry of the saints. Now see, that's 180. Instead of being addicted... To some drug, you're addicted to what? The ministry, or that word means service of the saints. Well, what is this? Why we have these service teams around here? What's serving? Giving. 
You give your time, you give your efforts, you give your resources, and you ought to be saved. When you get into this, you'll see what we're talking about. Some people have tasted of this already, and some people are liking it the more they get into it. Nothing satisfies your spirit like being able to sow. I'm serious. Sowing does something inside you. It satisfies you deep down inside. It does something you, no new car can do or no amount of money can do. Or Are you with me? And you get to doing this on a regular basis. You get addicted to it. You go a day or two and you're not giving anything substantially to anybody. You start going... <laughs> I don't feel right. I got to give. I got to find somebody to give to. I got to get my fix. I got to give somebody something. Right? Addicted, New Testament language, addicted to the ministry or service or sowing to the saints. Keep reading. Verse 22, the fruit of the Spirit is number one, number one, love. Joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the selfish flesh with the selfish desires and feelings. And Right? If we live in the love spirit, let us also walk in the spirit of love. I know I added that, but what spirit is it? Spirit of God. God is love. Let us not be desirous of vain glory, provoking one another and envying one another. Now keep reading. Brethren, if any man be overtaken in a fault, you which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now what a... a all-inclusive statement, that is the law of Christ. See, we're talking about the principle of the kingdom. What is the law of Christ? Well, read the text here. What does it say? Bearing one another's burdens, which he did out of love, right? He bore our burdens. But now we need to qualify this. Can you or I Take others' cares upon us. Now think about what I'm saying. Take other people's sins and failures on us. Are there fears and worries? Are we supposed to try? Worry with them. Be scared with them. No. Nobody can take the sin of mankind on themselves again. That has been done. Nobody else could. Nobody else qualified. So that's not what he's talking about. He's commanded all of us not to worry and fear. Right? So what's he talking about? Well, a burden. He said, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. Keep reading. He gives us the answer. If any man think himself to be something when he's nothing, he deceives himself. Verse 6, let him that's taught in the word communicate. Now that word means share or sow. Now he said bear one another's burdens and he immediately starts talking about sowing. And the verse 7 and 8 and 9 and 10 is talking about sowing. We'll read it in just a minute, but how many know that's true? He's talking about sowing. How do we bear one another's burdens? By sowing a seed. I don't know if you see that or not yet. But that's one of the things I was talking about. The Lord is ministering to me last night about strong. Because I'm thinking. How do we put this into practice? He said read on down. There it is. Right there. So many times that's what it is. Just keep reading. There it is. People get in trouble because they stop. And just you know. Read a verse. Stop. I wonder what that means. I wonder. 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 Why don't you. Wonder your nose back onto that page. And keep reading. (laughs) How? Well, think about it. Somebody's got a burden. They're behind on their bills. How could you help them? Sow a seed. 
I said, sow a seed. Would it help take it off of them? Would it help lighten it up off of them? Well, there are things that money can't fix. But still, you can sow a seed of encouragement. You can sow a seed of faith and a seed of love and a seed of your time. And it will help take that thing up off of them. But you are willing to take the time and make the investment. Let me just say this to you. Your husband or your wife, your children are good ground. Make investments into them. Right? We're a church. This is a family. You can be a daddy. Are you listening to me, men? You can be a daddy to children and young people that are not part of your blood family. Mothers, you can be a mother to other children and young people that's in the church family. Friends, take the time. Sit down with people. Take the time. I know you got stuff at home you could do. I know you got all kind of things to do. But again, what are we seeking first? The kingdom of God. And there's nothing more important than people and their lives. And you take the time to make an investment. You know, as you get busy and more and more things are going on, we have to watch it as ministers. But there's time and time again, I'll be all primed and I got all kind of things lined up and the Lord will deal with me. No, no, I want you to take time and make an investment into them. And they may not realize it. They might have thought I had nothing to do and I'm just sitting there talking, talking and talking. But to me, I'm sowing a seed. Are you listening to me now? I'm sowing a seed. I'm making an investment. And, you know, it's such a wonderful thing. You can, sometimes you can see people are troubled by something. And our desire is to get that burden off of them. Right? And so many times we might not even see and know the full answer, but we can just jump on the thing by faith. Lord, show us. Show us the answer in your word. Show us what to do. And then start praying and start talking and start looking at this thing and just talking faith over it and talking faith. And as you do, in his light, you'll get light. You'll see light. Next thing you know, y'all will both be shouting. And the burden will be removed. You are willing, though, to sow a seed of your time and your faith into them. How many know one of the biggest problems we have in this life right now is people who are too busy? They ain't got time. They ain't got time to take up with anybody for anything. Right? People don't have time for their kids. They don't have time for their husband. They have time for their wife. They don't have time. Somebody says, I know it. That's what I've been trying to tell him. (laughs) It's not for you to demand that they give you time. You're missing the whole deal. It's about you sowing into them. I know it, Brother Keith. I'm so glad you told me about this. Because I've been telling them for years they're supposed to be giving me time. I've been telling them for years they're supposed to have been walking in love with me. (laughs) Wrong. You've missed the whole deal. That's you being selfish. You wanting somebody to do something for you still. That's being fleshy, carnal, baby. Whiny. No. You want to sow to them. And sometimes it can be, you know, maybe you think you need time. But you can tell that they can help somebody else. So you sow what would have been your time so they can help somebody else. Thank you for those three. (laughs) Amen. Amen. No one of them spend time with me. I know you, baby. I need me time. You need to grow up. See, all this gimme, gimme, I need, I need. That's all about your flesh. Flesh, flesh, self-centered, thinking about what I need and I want and my time. You're not a giver. You're not thinking about giving. Love will say, no, no, take care of them. I'll be fine. Is that right? No, go on, do it, do it. Yeah, but it was going to be, you know, I don't know how many times, you know, Phyllis and I. Kingdom comes first. Not birthdays. Not anniversaries. Not family. 
Did you hear me? Kingdom comes from, did he say, seek ye first the kingdom of God? Parenthesis, of course, not with your family. Family comes really first, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And if something come up we had planned or something we were going to do, but some kingdom business comes up needs to be done, we don't feel deprived and sorry for ourselves and pout. It's a seed. It just makes it more of a precious seed. Are y'all with me now? Somebody say precious seed. Keep reading. Verse 6, let him that's taught in the word communicate with him that teaches in all good things. Word communicate means to share or to sow. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. Say it out loud. God is not mocked. Now let's just stop here. We've read this, but I don't think we've understood this very well. God is not mocked concerning what? What's the subject? Sowing and reaping. God is not mocked for whatsoever a man sows, that shall he also reap. Now people have taken that and just as a negative thing and go, yeah, you reap what you sow. Well, depending on what you sowed, you would either go, uh-oh, <laughs> or you'd go, glory to God, depending on what you sowed, right? For he that sows to his selfish flesh, whose flesh is selfish? <laughs> See, you didn't want to answer that one, did you? <laughs> Yours. Mine, everybody's flesh is selfish. He that sows to his selfish flesh shall of his selfish flesh reap corruption. That's decay and failure. Corruption. But he that sows to the Spirit of God, Spirit of love, shall of the Spirit of love reap life everlasting. What makes a seed a seed of flesh or a seed of the spirit? So we talked about this before. But we got to get our mind renewed to it because it's not something that you normally think. Money, when you sow money in the offering plate, did you give it to God if you did it right? Well, that cash don't make it to heaven. <laughs> right? That check... That stuff in your account, what did you give to him then? Was it real? Did you give him anything? It was a spiritual, if you really gave properly, there, a spiritual substance. You put love and faith into that seed. And he gets, he receives the love and faith. The bank gets a paper. The paper, it's not going to matter in a short amount of time. But he gets the real seed, the core of the seed, not the husk. Are y'all with me now? What makes a seed of the Spirit a seed of the Spirit? Love and faith. What makes a seed to the flesh a seed of flesh? Selfishness, hate, selfishness. It's not just the action you did that was the seed. It was what was in your heart when you did it. It was your motivation. It was why. And when you sow selfishness, you sow taking, you sow hurting, even if you didn't mean it maliciously, it's just in order to get what you wanted, somebody else had to get hurt. Let me tell you something about, you know, people try to justify things and schemes. Is this okay or is it not? Did somebody else have to lose for you to benefit? Are you with me? Then it's not okay. And you went on through with it. Why? Well, you hurt them. 
You were a partner. Well, somebody was going to take their money. <laughs> Might as well be me. I'll tithe off of it. If there was selfishness in it, then it is a seed of the flesh. And what you sow, everything produces after its own kind. You sow tomato seed, you're not going to reap watermelons. Right? And you sow selfish seed, you're not going to reap love. Somebody's going to be selfish with you. Somebody's going to hurt you. Somebody's going to take you. And there's a lot of folk, they've been being hurt. A lot of things have been going on wrong in their life. I'm talking about particularly adults now. And you need to look back. You've sown some stuff that you shouldn't have sown. And some folk need to believe for some crop failures right now. And ask God for mercy, right? And then get on it sowing some love seed. He said, if you sow whatever a man sows, that shall he reap. Good or bad, if you sow to your selfish flesh, you will of the selfish flesh reap decay, corruption. If you sow to the Spirit, love and faith, you will of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You don't always sow, excuse me, reap the day after you sow. Or the week or the month after you sow. But don't get weary. Keep on sowing. Keep on believing. And it will come back to you. Hallelujah. Was it Brother Osteen, John Osteen, who's in heaven now, I think he used to say this. He said, God don't pay up every Friday. (laughs) He don't pay up every end of the month. Or even every end of the year. But, you stay with him, payday's coming. Payday's coming, and he'll do it in the way that you'll get the most benefit out of it. Amen. There's been several things in our life in the last several years that happened that, uh, you know, I was believing, and we sowed big seed, and we're standing and believing, and it didn't happen this year, and it didn't happen the next year, and it didn't happen in five years, and, it, and we're thinking, when's this coming? And then something came. And when it came, I'm thinking, God, you are so smart. If you'd have done it the way I was thinking, I'd have given half of it in taxes. And you had a plan. Getting something for half of what it normally would cost you. You not only saved that, but you saved all the taxes and all the insurance. and all. You understand what I'm saying? God's smart. Don't just look at dollars and see how you're reaping. Opportunities, health and strength, and list goes on and on and on, but you're reaping life. Now look, in verse 10, as we have therefore opportunity, let us do good to all men, especially them that are of the household of faith. Do good means what? How are you going to do good? Well, what's the passage talking about? Sowing. What is the principle of the kingdom? Sowing and reaping. What's the main way that we sow? We sow in love. Seeds of love. Seeds of faith. Uh, I remember years ago, I was first year Rhema student. And Phyllis and I, we're believing God every day for gas, money, and something to eat. and Every month for rent and, you know, everything. Every pair of socks, every loaf of bread. And wouldn't take anything for it because we learned how to use our faith in and it works exactly the same now. The numbers are just bigger. Kind of feel sorry for folk that never learn how to use their faith. No. And, and we did. And I remember one day I was in a meeting and this young man was preaching and my heart just went out to him and I just thanked God for him. And he was doing such a good job and I had five dollars to my name. The Lord dealt with me. The offering had already had passed. He said, uh, hand that to him and just tell him you appreciate him. You thank God for his ministry. I kind of felt embarrassed because I thought, well, I, you know, five dollars. That's all I had. But I quit wrestling with it and I went up and I said, uh, brother, I wanted to sow this to you. And. You know, I just appreciate your ministry and the call of God on your life and how you're 
doing such a good job, yielding to the Spirit of God, ministering to us. I thank God for you. I sow this into you. And man, the Holy Ghost fell on us. Stood there and cried and laughed and thought, over five dollars? But it wasn't five dollars. Do you see why I told you this? What was the seed? Love. Faith. I wasn't wanting anything from him. I wasn't asking for anything. I just, it was in my heart and it was a physical point of contact. Where it was able to be expressed and he saw it in my eyes and then it got beyond me. God, that's what God had in mind all the time. He ministered to him that he loved him. And he was pleased with him. Talk about a five dollar blessing. (laughs) See, that wasn't the seed. What was the seed? The love and the faith. Now, I wanted to finish with this. This scripture said, don't be deceived. God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, that's what he reaps. And the Lord opened my eyes to some things. Do you remember Ananias and Sapphira? And what happened to them? What was that over? It was over sowing. Sowing natural stuff. It was over in offering. And there's been times that I've looked at that and I've thought, Lord, why so severe? Why so quickly? I mean, the Lord is merciful. He is gracious. He is long-suffering. I've seen a lot of people get by with a lot of stuff for a long time. And these people lied about their offering and fall dead on the spot. And the other one, just a few hours later, they are dead that day. Over this offering. And I thought Lord. There's something I'm not seeing. Because I know this is so much more serious. Than people looking at the outside. I know they lied to you. They thought they were lying to Peter. But they were lying to the Holy Ghost. They lied to you. They looked you right in the eye and lied to you. And I know that's serious. But a lot of people have lied to you. And lived for a long time after that. I said Lord what helped me. And. I saw it last week and last night again. They mocked him. They did exactly what this phrase you and I just got through reading. Can you see it yet? What was happening during this time of the church? There was a move of the Spirit in this church of love and unity. And the Bible said they were one. They loved God so much and they loved each other so much that people were selling land and houses that had been in their family for generations. They were selling it and they were taking all the money and they were putting it into the kingdom of God so that everybody had something to eat and everybody had something to wear. What is this? This is not, this is not just money. This is precious seed. Why? Because of the love. Because of the faith. And these guys. Mocked it. Can you see it? They acted like. We're bringing. Precious seed. This is everything to us. And I'm telling you. They died on the spot. Why? Because they're mocking. Love. They're mocking the kingdom principle of precious seed. What all these other people have done, they're mocking it. And the Bible said, do not be deceived. God is not mocked. He is not mocked. Now one reason I say it is because you and I, this church, is moving into a new level of this. This has already been happening. We have, we are not able to give you all the testimonies, but people, 
People have liquidated precious things and they've put it into the kingdom. And people are doing this to each other, to the church family, and they're doing it to the kingdom. Be watchful that you don't put your mouth on it. You know what I mean by that? You do not say anything negative or derogatory about somebody's seed. You don't make fun. Well, what are they going to do? I don't know what, you know, they sold that car. I reckon they'll just walk through it. Watch out, watch out. Watch out. What if they did miss God? That's their business. That's between them and God. Right? But don't you say anything about their seed. Because you don't know their heart. And if they're doing this, loving God with all their heart and their soul and their mind and their strength, you dare not mock them. And mock God about it. In fact, you're to look at yourself. The reality is, do they love God more than I do? That's the reality. Right? But we're here. And we're coming into a higher level of this. And the Lord showed me this. How many remember Judas? What happened to him? They're at the table. Last supper. They're having a meal together. How many understand this is one of the strongest manifestations of love that they've experienced? Jesus uh, stepped away from the table, laid off his outer clothes, took a wash basin, washed their feet in love. The atmosphere was just full of the love of God. He's talking to them. This is some of the last things he's going to be able to say to them. He's sharing his heart. He's communicating to them. John's got his head on his chest. Can you see? That's what kind of thing is going on here he looked at him he said one of you is going to betray me in this environment somebody is sitting there scheming to betray him in this environment now see that's what happened to Ananias and Sapphira when the environment of love comes up and comes up that's when the mocking of it becomes more and more serious And the judgment becomes more quick and more severe. I mean, that room is full of love. And so Peter asked John, said, ask him who it is. And he said, who is it, Lord? He said, it's the one that I'm going to what? Give. Give. A sop to. Now notice, he reached over Jesus. Love. Love. Manifested in the flesh. Love reached over took something, you know, dipped it and gave it to the betrayer. And the Bible said when he took that, Satan entered into him. Why? Why? Exactly. Mocking. He sat there and he went, oh yeah, thank you Jesus. Yeah, sure appreciate that. All the while planning to sell him. And the Bible said Satan entered him. Do you see this? Love is rising. In this family. Love is rising. Can you sense it? Can you feel it? The love of God. It's not just going to be on Sunday or Friday. It's all the time at your house and everywhere you are. Love. And what does love do? Love gives. Love, it's the kingdom principle. Love sows. Love gives. As far as we're looking at each other sowing, we don't know a person's heart. We don't know if $5 is a big precious seed to somebody or if it means nothing to them. We don't know if they're doing it in love or if they're not. It's not for us to judge. Right? So we just, as far as we're concerned, Everybody's heart's right. We just assume that it is. And we count everybody's seed precious. And that's how we talk about it. And those that come weeping, bearing precious seed. What the Bible say? They're going to return. Rejoicing with joy. Bringing their sheaves of harvest. All their big harvest. With them. And that was flowing in the church in the beginning days to the degree that the Bible said there was not one poor person among them. 
There were thousands and thousands of them. And there wasn't one poor person in the bunch. That's happening in this church. That's happening in this church. And it's the will of God for it to be through the whole body of Christ. What a witness it would be to this country and to the world that if every believer had no needs. That there wasn't one poor person in the whole church of Jesus Christ. Well, it would make everyone want to join the church of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Seeing the goodness of God. Stand on your feet, please. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.